0: to connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Let's get this party started. Okay. You're tuned in to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And
1: I'm Natasha and Kasher. Got,
0: yeah, oh, you've changed your last name? Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. We've got a very, very special, very special guest. Aparna natural is here representing... What's up?
2: Aparna, you're so funny. Thank you for having me. I was honestly nervous to come sit with you guys. With Why? Because I think you're both so cool.
0: Oh, we are very cool. Yeah. We were, to be honest... And thank you for bringing up, Aparna. We were a little bit weirded out by the idea of you coming over, too, because of how cool we are.
1: Oh, my God. You, you
0: remember we were talking about that before she got here, directly before she got here? I love
1: you can vocalize that for me. <laughs> Aparna, your face was spread out on our dining room table for like a week because of your New York Times spread. Oh, that's... Yeah, we
0: think you're cool. <laughs>
1: oh, boy. And you looked so beautiful, and I love the article, and your book is out, and we're so excited for you. Unreliable you. Unreliable narrator, it is called. Yes and I, yes i have
0: a question yeah well it's not really a question actually you've you're finished with your book tour
2: i yeah i think i have like one or two dates.
0: so you've probably left. i've i've done a book tour and you've Ooh. done a book tour you've mm-hmm. probably been asked like the same series the same series yes. of questions repeatedly and yes. to the point that you've become nauseated by it yes do you have any questions for me about your book <laughs> Oh. I thought that could be refreshing yeah, for you.
2: Yeah, I love that. Um, do you typically read other comedians' books?
0: That's a good question. The answer I could
2: answer for you. Answer. It would be uh no. It's yeah. A tough no. I no, I feel like that too. I never consume other people's work and I try to spin it as, you know, integrity, like I don't want to steal from you unconsciously. <laughs> I but, like that. But I think it's just I get overwhelmed by everyone else's just ability to put out stuff. Relentlessly,
1: will you will you um, watch other people's stand up specials? No, sometimes, okay. but
2: I won't like go out of my way to like be up on all of them.
0: If you had to say whose stand up special you enjoyed more out of me or Natasha's, whether or not you've seen them, who do you who are you choosing?
2: I've seen both your Comedy Central half hours,
0: Aparna. <laughs> This is going to come as a real slap in the face to you because um, I know that you're lying. <laughs> I know that you've seen Natasha's. You've got a great half hour, by the way.
2: It's so good. But
0: Aparna Really? I've never, I've never done. I never one. did. I a comedy said, when set when I, I said it, did you I was feel like,
2: it? I <laughs> bet Moshe doesn't have one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, for sure, I'm walking into a trap. I have a,
0: a question though, for real, and I and when I ask you a question that you've been asked ad nauseum on book tour, you can kind of flag it and okay. tell me, just call me out on it. Okay. Um Stand up. It's a weird like you. You're the book is a lot about um imposter syndrome. Yes, and you're such a good stand up. You're just good. And uh and stand up is so um I mean not to say men I men
1: can't wrap their mind around no, imposter
0: syndrome. No,
1: not to They're say. like oh uh, I saw you kill and
3: I don't understand.
0: Well, not to say that I don't ever suffer from like do I belong in this room right. feeling, but does 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 the does the effectiveness of your stand up ever weigh in to the logic of the imposter syndrome Do you ever say I, I i do consistently well on stage so i must belong here
2: i don't I'm, i might just be a perfectionist but i frequently i'm like i probably bomb more than most comedians
0: not well. Also, definitely. you might
1: you might feel like you're bombing because yes, yes. I do that too. Like, yeah. and there's also that adage in comedy where it's like you're only as good as your last performance. Yes, yes. And I had a bad set at the comedy store like eight days ago, and I've kind of been in a bad mood. Since then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right. I, I need to. Uh, maybe I should do flowers. Maybe I mm-hmm, should design. Mm-hmm. Like, you I know, had a, I had a
0: weekend in North Carolina, um and I all the shows were good. Yes, but the bad show legitimately wasn't yes and my my opener uh tim young very Mm -hmm. funny guy Mm -hmm. he had a great set yeah. And as Oh, we
1: he got ahead a of better set than you. Um, I mean that
0: happens. But as we were walking out, these two guys to me in a made a time <laughs>
1: where the opener kills harder
0: than me. Well, um. maybe it's cuz I'm brave and I bring funny people to open for hmm. me. But the uh, I,
2: that happened to me on the book tour where uh, but it it almost feels unfair when a local opens and then they like really dig into the local sure, sure. and then you're like, well, I just I just got here. I don't know the culture. You've been to the Hardies on
0: 84th? <laughs> That's a bad Hardies. But anyway, they as we are walking out, they these two dudes who'd been at the show, they made eye contact with him and I'm walking with him and they go, you were great. <gasps> very, very, you were great. And I, it was hard. They were right. In the moment. Right. I said, you should have come to the other show. I didn't say anything. I just put my head down and walked to the car.
2: That's very gracious of you.
1: Takes gymnastic classes. Yeah. And the teacher was really excited to see me at the comedy store. And yeah. was like texting me about it. Oh my And gosh. then after my set, nothing and then i I texted him a few times about the schedule and he was very nice and he said yep we're on thanks so much
0: cringe
4: it was a cringe
1: but also like i whenever i go up at the comedy store i always remember like they say jim carrey when he was trying to before he started doing movies and when he was trying to like find his new persona he was like curling up in fetal position at the comedy store like because he didn't know what to do on stage oh but that's how i felt at the comedy store recently
0: when you're uh, about to do a show yeah are you stoked or dreading
1: always
2: dread too always dread always, always yeah. dread always.
0: from the beginning
2: from the beginning of the, like when you were a young comic
0: oh i wanted to say i wanted to push back
2: oh 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 yes
1: from the beginning from
0: the beginning yes, always yes, dread yes. oh and you as well
1: mine my dread started about 4 years ago
0: 5 years ago Five years the birth ago? of our child <laughs>
1: Well, it is it is hard because I'm like, wait, so then what do I do at night? Do I just watch TV? But like I do need to be here to put the kid down and then it's mm-hmm. like at eight thirty, eight forty five, and I got to get up at 6 a.m. I don't really want to drive to West Hollywood. Yeah. Hello? That's the thing. I took, a
2: really long, I took a really long break when I was writing the book. I took basically like three years off of stand-up and the pandemic was in there so it was like not a hugely productive time for performing but i still i felt like you did natasha where i was like i had all my nights free and then i was like this doesn't feel good either
1: right it's like what am i gonna do what
3: do i want i watch like
0: like, think i'm unhappy and life isn't good (laughs) it's not i have it's not that i haven't reached the answer i've come to the answer things are bad
2: the answer is just not good
1: did you sorry do you have a? Well, do you, did you have a question? I'm sorry, because I, I did. I, okay, well, I want you to get to your question, then I'll get to my. Thanks. Question.
0: We're very polite to each other here on this I podcast. Love that. Um, did you enjoy the process as of a writing? stand up of of jumping off stage and like just getting into like writing a long meditation on self?
2: I think my big mistake was being like, I'm going to write a book about self doubt and come out of this well, <laughs>
0: right? Because
1: yeah. then everyone's reinforcing it in your yes, interviews. Yes. And- yes. Then, and you
0: must have been. Had, it must have been a funny thing to like write, read what you wrote, and be like, "Oh, yeah. I fucking nailed that totally, last passage totally, about and, how I can't nail anything."
2: Yeah, and I think the narrative people want is you wrote about yourself doubt, and now you've like cracked it, and now you're like so strong. And I'm like, I think it broke me a little bit.
0: Diving in that deep.
2: Yeah, because I think when you really like explore your insecurities, you're not like going to come out feeling great.
1: But I have to say, like reading your New York Times. Spread. Mm-hmm. I, it made me realize, like, oh, I'm not alone. You know, yeah, and, oh, yeah. I, and that's another thing you have to, you know, you maybe you have a a duty, you know, <laughs> to like share because you are so articulate and funny. It's like good to share this because I yeah. know as soon as they started talking about imposter syndrome, I just know so many women. Yeah, mostly women, but I I know that's hard because you don't want to gender it. Yeah, and I know you've talked about that and like one of your jokes I love. What did you say? It's it's always ladies' night when Uh, oh when it comes to when it comes to self doubt. (laughs) But like I'm sure that that's I mean Moshe is never a fan of the gendering of things. Yes, yes, yes. So I wanted to ask you like does your partner um, believe that you're right that (laughs) (laughs) that like it is gendered a little bit or
2: I think he also falls closer to motion that he's like. Like things don't fall neatly along gender. But I do feel like when I was writing the book, I did talk to like a couple women who also were just like, I've never struggled with self-doubt. So I think it's not like a hard rule, but I do feel like women just tend to be, you know, less like assumed to be like competent or just like there's room for you here. You kind of have to like really... Get yourself in there, or like prove somehow you deserve to be there a little bit more. Whereas, like men, I feel like it's kind of like you're here until you know you prove you're a monster or whatever.
0: Well, I don't believe that at all, and no. I'll tell you. <laughs> and I, hold on a second, guys. I'll tell you why. Uh, no, I, I I think that I, that's.
1: I I really think it has to do with size. <laughs> <Physical> <laughs> what do you size. Mean? I think that like men, just being bigger, mm. they're just there's like something to that. Well, I'm not s- saying all big men are confident, but like. There's something to a hulking frame. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, you got, did, Have
1: you ever watched Selling Sunset, Natasha? No, would okay.
2: I like it. Well, no, it's like about this, you know, realtor group in in West LA and the two guys are tiny. They're like two tiny oh. tins and they're these like <laughs> moguls.
0: Well, the thing oh, about cute. but the thing about a small man yeah. is because of c- and it's not like i don't think anything falls along gender lines obviously yeah yeah, do. yeah yeah and and i think this is an is an example like women in general are uh like i agree with what you're saying they have to fight their way into a space and they have to get they have to get through the layers of uh, of sort of supported uh conditioning of like oh be quiet be demure yeah. fall back a man a small man, a tiny little sunset uh, real estate man.
1: A sunset. He's solvent. born into
0: the man world, <laughs> and so tiny men actually, generally, they're more assertive than big hulking frame yes, boys. Yes, I think because, so. Because they're like, I'm a man too. I must be a man, and my yeah. s- my frame suggests otherwise. Yes. So I've got to penetrate, and totally. I think I think about that. Uh, what you guys are talking about a lot with our with our kid, right? I feel that's like, what
2: I was gonna. Yeah.
0: How do you? How do you, having written this, this is a question for you, the expert now. How do you think you encourage someone to eschew uh, imposter syndrome? What is the way to 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 inculcate this child with a, a feeling like you belong, you belong wherever you want?
1: And what do you think? Oh, and, and I'll just add to that too, real yeah. quick. <laughs> her preschool teacher was like, she's really apologizing for a lot. She's always oh. saying sorry. And the teacher goes to me, she goes, I think it might be coming from, from something she's hearing. Like it might be coming from you. And then I was realizing like, I'm saying sorry all the time. What? And then she would like be on her scooter and then like accidentally like slip off. She's like, sorry, sorry. And I was like, oh wait, that's not your fault that you're right, falling. Right. And then like, I really tried to work on my speech. yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. I just wanted to add that to it too.
0: Yeah, what do you think? Do you think there are like ways
1: I
2: was going to say, um, this is the, this is the line of questioning I've been struggling with because the book was, oh, that was, was
0: that as close as a red flag? I've been asked this before.
2: Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just mean like the book is sort of my exploration of how I don't really have all the answers and just like, here are all the problems and here's a couple jokes in between the problems, but then I don't actually really suggest any hard solutions. So then I was like, my fear is that people are going to be like, so how do you fix imposter syndrome? And then the book is kind of like, I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. I, but well, you're you know, raising like,
1: questions is yeah. a lot. It's more
0: yeah. like, I mean, who am I to, who am I to tell you how to fix <laughs> imposter syndrome? I'm, yeah. We I, can't nobody. expect I, someone
1: you know, who wrote a book on I'm, imposter syndrome. I mean, why, why would
0: you even ask me? I don't even belong here. The truth is what you, you have done, Aparna what? is, now that you, you will, because books get you this different group of fans because totally. book people are different than comedy yes. people. And it is, I like my first book, I've, there's a lot of recovery people that I, I'll oh. see reach out to me and go, oh, this book meant so much to me and stuff. So you've definitely co- um, collected a demographic of people that are going to be coming up to you and asking you for answers. Oh, wow. I think this yeah. is going to be a long road for you. Reviews. Did you read any of the reviews? No.
2: I did, never do. Do you, you guys read
0: reviews? I well, I wrote my because my my second book is coming out in January. I'm glad. Thank you. And uh, and I told the person because they've been sending us the 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 early reviews. Yeah. Um, and they've both been good. And yes. I said this reminds me because I remembered my last book. They sent me everything. <gasps> they would send bad reviews, and I don't actually understand why. Maybe some people want them, but I said, hey. I'm sensitive. Yeah, I've gotten more sensitive since the internet has surged. Yes. I, I, I need you to filter anything, any shit talking. I still remember the look of uh. the vomiting face for, uh, in <gasps> Vice magazine from my first book. You know, they, that was their review system for smiley face or vomiting face.
1: A vomiting what? face for your... B- bestseller book and
0: it was That's so, so rude so was,
2: rude and also anything personal to write i
0: know in that i way? know it was so but Ugh. i still remember like viscerally opening the magazine Ugh. seeing the face because i seeing wanted
3: the green, vomit <laughs> no, green no. Vomit. Yeah.
0: because you know it's vice so i i wanted of them course. to like me like of so course. specifically do you remember
1: like, why yeah. they didn't like it i'm just curious actually
0: i fa- You'll be surprised. You
1: can quote it. You'll
0: be surprised <laughs> yeah. to know.
1: Recite it like a <laughs> it's like poem.
0: eleven years ago. <laughs> uh, you'll be surprised to know that I didn't agree with their take, mm. but um, they basically were saying it wasn't hardcore enough. That was sort what? of their thing. They were like, "Yeah, this is a hard, what a, a hardcore story, unless you've looked out any window in Brooklyn ever." Like it was like
1: well, <laughs> I, this is just. My I life. actually you, agree with them.
0: <laughs> you know, I really like that. You wrote it. <laughs>
1: Wait, so I just want to say...
0: All right, speaking of review, this is going to be the first one you've ever it's heard. It's not oh, well a review.
1: It's just, as Vulture put it, I just want people to know you could buy this book. Are you reading the audiobook? Yes. Okay, so if you are the kind of person who lies awake at night, mulling your existence under late capitalism, Nuncharla is the comedian for you. Mm. <laughs> That's me.
0: <laughs> it is you. It really is. It She's the comedian have said for if, me. If you are Natasha Leggero.
1: <laughs> also, I also want to say... In terms of imposter syndrome, like I do think that we are progressing and we have progressed even in the past ten years. Like when I started stand up yeah. twenty years ago, like there was a show comedy Death Ray at M Bar and it was like yes. the best show to be on. There was never more than one woman on the show. Yeah. You know, and that's no one's fault. It was just like that's just how things were. Yes. It was like eighty percent men all the time. And like if Jen Kirkman was on that night. There wouldn't be a space for you would never have like Maria Bamford and Jen Kirkman right right. and that was like and and then comedy death ray was the one that was like sensitive to women yes that would make sure there always was a woman right right or you know and it was like they didn't care if there was people of color not comedy death ray but like any show yeah it would just be like nine white guys so I do think that we have come a long way and like I'll be on shows with like five women or all women totally that's so cool well actually. It, it must if, contribute if, to it, well, though, don't you think, no, Moshe? No, but if you're
0: a straight white guy these days, it doesn't feel that equitable. <laughs> on the other side of it, I don't know if you noticed or been reading the trades, but I can't get any work.
2: Oh, sometimes there's not even one white guy on the show. I know. That, it, <laughs> it, it,
0: it, it. <laughs> it's Yeah, like monthly, monthly or quarterly, I'll see a show and there won't be one white dude on there. But I, I do think, yeah, what you're saying is interesting. Like, at the time what What feels now like tokenism and pandering and definitely not enough at that time twenty yes. years ago was a was the most progressive uh, yeah. so they were like no, we're the good the right, good show right, right. we're putting a woman on yeah, yeah I know
2: look at us
1: but so, it you know I had a show another period and it, we were, I, I was not like able to figure out how to make it diverse because I was very obsessed with it being like a period piece yeah and, like, you know i i I just feel like there is an evolution that takes place, yes. you know, and yes. I think that now I wouldn't do it in the same way that I did before. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I know. we're all figuring it out.
2: I think it's all gradual. And I even feel that now we're, when I see younger comedians where they're just like so much more comfortable with like operating in like a more inclusive way. Right. And it makes me feel like kind of like, oh, no, like,
0: oh, yeah, I'm so old. You ever see like a, a real Gen Z person deal right. with non-binary people? <laughs> it's like they're not even... Yeah. there's. Every time I'm just like in my mind I go they they're like they think it's they, weird to they, use, everybody they, yes. they think it's weird yes. to use gendered pronouns yes. like, it's like yeah. a breeze it like I, right. I told this story I think on the podcast before but I had this moment of I just thought this was one of the most interesting stories about progressive pro- progression in this way our friends told us that their kid had a best friend who came out to them this is like I think middle school yeah. or high school young yeah. and the guy goes the um, dad. Uh, what
1: the dad no, up. but the, the kid
0: goes to their friend, okay, oh. I'm, I'm gay. Do you accept me? And yeah. the other kid goes, Well, I accept you if you're really gay and not just doing it for likes. And I just thought, (laughs) what what universe is this? Like, like the only way this is cool is if it's legitimate that you are gay and not just doing it because it's the coolest possible thing you can be. I was like, okay, this is an evolution.
2: Wow, it's fully come around. It's like the opposite.
1: Well, I think that you have a lot of wisdom, Aparna. And, um, you know, sometimes when I'm feeling like, an imposter. I just try to will myself into it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of imposter syndrome is just like kind of pushing through. And I think, yeah, when you talk to other people and realizing they're having these same sort of struggles with like being like, do I deserve to be here? Do I fit in? You're like, okay, not everyone is like so psyched on on their like abilities and yeah. God,
0: wouldn't but, it be nice to be one of those people? I like No, I, I think
2: about that all the time. You are is, one of those people. <laughs>
0: honey, you think I am, but you have I mean there's people people that walk into every room and they're like, not only do I belong in this room, this should be my room. Totally. I own the room.
2: They're kind of like the room only mattered once I
0: walked. That's in. right. <laughs> the room was dare I say not actually yeah. a room to yeah, I, yeah. I am the fourth yeah, wall.
2: But
1: yeah, then we're yeah. getting we're coming so close to like a psychosis No, totally. Like, totally yeah. yeah. They <laughs>
0: suck too for sure. Yes. Yes. No, if you want to if you're talking about who I want to have dinner with, it's definitely the person with imposter syndrome. If you're talking about who I want to uh, draft underneath their success, and 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 write a script with that's that's the person i want the per- but that's interesting about you because you say it, you know this you've struggled with imposter syndrome but you're also very successful which mm. means to me like you're really good because confidence begets success so to come in, go i don't even know if i belong here and still be so successful and so funny you might be the most talented person on earth
2: (laughs) but i think a lot of really like people who have a lot of success struggle more with it because i do think like the more opportunities you get the worse the like feeling of like man do i like i keep getting this stuff and i really don't feel like i deserve it like instead of the opposite where you sh- you're getting the stuff and that makes you realize you're more deserving of right it? it like goes the opposite it's like way. when
0: you're one of these weird people that like has a gigantic lie yes you know and that you've told early on and yeah. then they start the bigger things get the bigger the spotlight on you the yeah. more you're like someone's gonna find this out yeah i'm sure yeah that's sort of what imposter syndrome is that's it's thinking I, there's a lie about you which is that you don't you're not good enough
2: i actually cited an example of that in the book with um do you guys remember the comedian Steve Ranazzisi? Sure, and yes. how he lied about 9 11. 9 11. And how Andrew it-
1: Dice Clay used to call him um, 2 2 T for the Twin Towers. Like, because <laughs> like, before he got, before he got canceled. Yes. Because yes. he just talked about it all the time. Yeah, but I think it was like, I, and I mean, that was for, apparently a lie, but he came out about from it.
2: From what I could understand, it was like, you know, he he like got this success by being on the league, like a lot more attention and I think he had like, told it as a story early on as like an interesting origin story of like how he got into comedy it was like 9-11 made him realize like what was important in life and he like quit his you know desk job and moved to LA to try to make it but then I think he was like just like more exposure too quickly and he like didn't have a way to like get out of the fact that he had created this sort of like false origin story so he just kind of doubled down on it and so that's like a real imposter but then I feel like imposter syndrome is like when you feel that way but it's not actually based on Anything. Right. You
0: honest. think you have a false origin story. Yeah. But the origin is I belong here.
1: Yes. Can I be a real edge lord?
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I'd love it. I'd love it, honey. You know, I'd love it, nothing more.
1: Okay. I feel that sometimes I let my imposter syndrome run rampant because there's something deep inside of me that knows on stage and maybe off, it makes me a little more likable. Yeah. And I feel like I'm able to by being like it's almost like extreme humility or yes, something yes. that you can kind of almost draw people to you but as you were talking i was like it'd be but then i'll be sitting at home being like just beating myself up beating myself yeah, up yeah, like yeah. almost like an abusive person like a, like a like a wife beater yeah so then i'm like what if i could just get rid of that part like yes. i could still keep the hey, part we, on. just
0: wife we don't like that term anymore <laughs>
1: Are you not supposed to say that?
0: Well, I just, my well, community doesn't
1: did, love that. She did think she was, she was going to be an lord. <laughs> that's true. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I, because I, I think about it a lot. And, like, yeah. sometimes in those private moments, I'd be like, I'm like, oh, what if I could just get rid of that part? Because that's obviously yes. not healthy. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But if it's drawing people to you on stage and you're using it, maybe.
2: Yeah. It's- I mean, I don't know. This sometimes feels like a gendered thing where I've talked about, talked with female comedians about, like, it is more likely that a male comedian when they come off stage will be like, I murdered it. You know, yes. whereas like a woman will be like, they were really nice. You mm-hmm. know, like they, the audience gets the credit when it goes well. well like yes. not, like I did a good job. Gracious. That's because yes. we're naturally That's really gracious. They
0: yeah. were they were good to me. Yes. Not I gave yes. them what they wanted. Yes. I will say this though, the male ego, the male ego is a prison and it's a trap. <laughs> uh, and, and, and part of that, I murdered, is part of it is Ego and male ego and and reality. But part of it is also imposter syndrome. But the way men express their imposter syndrome is to go, I was never vulnerable. I felt nothing. I felt nothing but positivity. And to what you were saying, there is that idea that like uh, self-flagellation and self-pity and humiliation is like the closest cousin to narcissism. It's just two sides of totally. the same thing. It's all ego. Are you it's calling all, us
1: narcissistic? No,
0: no, no. I'm just saying, to your point, like a, a narcissist and a person that hates themselves are still doing the same thing, which is obsessing on the self. They're still mm. going yes. like, me is me is important. That, that, that is what is the primary uh, interactor here, is me, 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 me.
1: I see. Yeah. Well, listen, Aparna's here. Aparna's She's Aparna's got here. some wisdom. She I is a published author, New York Times- you know, everyone loves her.
0: Your book's a hit. You're a hit. Oh, you belong. God. You matter. You are not an imposter.
1: Thank you. Okay, well, I think we have some calls, some people waiting. Are you okay to give some advice? Yeah, I would love to.
2: Okay.
0: Hey, Tosh. Yamos. It's almost Christmas, my favorite holiday.
1: Oh, right, I know you love it, Ebenezer.
0: You're probably scrambling to find a gift that will be meaningful, interesting, and kinda cool well, we've got a suggestion for you. It's called StoryWorth.
1: It's especially good for the older people in your life because they love this stuff. Basically, StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It's a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter most.
0: Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought to ask, like what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life, or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out?
1: After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your loved ones' stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come.
0: With StoryWorth, you can give to those you love the most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserve their memories and stories for years to come. Just go to storyworth.com slash honeymoon and save ten dollars on your first purchase.
1: That's storyworth.com slash honeymoon to get ten dollars off on your first purchase. Your parents will love this.
0: Um, Aparna, we are gonna call oh, I have a question for you though before we go. All right. Okay, well, no,
1: you can ask, ask her ask Well, one more Aparna, question.
0: I'm literally recording my audiobook now, like mm, this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Did
0: you enjoy? recording your audiobook.
2: no i thought i would because i i do voiceover work so i was like oh this is not going to be a stressful part but it is i think just the length of time you're just like sitting there reading and then i think because my book was personal and i was just like with a uh-huh. director and a sound engineer who were very lovely but it would be just like sitting in this cave reading my own words back to me and then occasionally they'd be like oh You stumbled on the word shame. Can you say that again? Right. Meanwhile, you're
0: having like an emotional catharsis.
1: (laughs) That's interesting because I feel like I was really directed doing mine. Oh. Oh,
0: like. They had notes.
1: Well, I think I might maybe start it off a little too hot. Mm. Oh. Like, it, it, you know, I like yes. had to kind of ease in. You were, it were doing like a
0: Jim Carrey, somebody stop me <laughs> kind of a performance on your audiobook, right? <laughs>
1: Listen, I got a lot of compliments on the audiobook. Okay. I, That's all I'm I saying.
0: Can't imagine not. I mean, yeah. what, what luck they have as publishers to have stand ups doing their totally. own audiobook. Like, yeah. oh, I've been on stage doing me I for know. 20 years. So, yeah, I'll be good at this.
2: Yeah. We can't. We can't all be Britney Spears getting someone else to do it.
0: All right, let's do it. We're going to call call Lucia. Lucia. I want to say it, Moshe. Oh, I'm so sorry. Please.
1: We're going to call... Oh, it must be late there. We're calling Lucia in Boston. Hi, Lucia. It's Natasha Moshe and our friend Aparna Nunchella. Nice
5: to see you.
0: It's great to see you, too. You look cool. You look like you're a fun person. How can we (laughs) help?
5: Um... So I just started my business um, about 10 months ago, and uh, I do both art and music, so it's a lot of, like, fitting pieces together, and I'm booking gigs, and I'm also teaching, and I'm also selling my art places, and um, I've also been in my relationship for about a year and a half now, so it's just kind of been hard to, like find the balance there um because we first got together when i was i had taken medical leave so i wasn't very busy so i went from seeing him every day to like not even really having off days you know if i'm not booking i'm not working and um so i guess i just wanted some insight into i guess finding a balance there and also like setting some boundaries for myself
1: I think you need to be a little more clear. Like, are you talking about, is it more about your relationship setting boundaries or is it more about like your art and your, your career?
5: Yeah, I guess like, I guess just more like finding that balance um, because he's definitely gotten like a little bit more jealous of my time, which Uh. I get. It's like a big Mm. adjustment to like go from like full access. Like we're spending all our time together. And then like now when we spend time together, I'm like, belting mushrooms like while we're watching a movie or and he's you know, like I why don't, don't you pay
1: any things. attention to me <laughs> it's a yeah, classic yeah. dilemma it's actually a classic sure.
0: boston dilemma you know <laughs> the guy's like why don't you pay any attention to me and the girl's like i'm belting mushrooms <laughs> over here <laughs> whatever that is
2: i know i want to know yeah. more about belting mushrooms
0: yeah what is belting mushrooms
2: <laughs> oh
5: Felting
0: mushrooms. Oh, felt. Like,
2: felting. felting. Like oh, oh now, now I get it. it. Okay, now, now
0: we got, I get yeah, it. Yeah, we've, we've all felted a mushroom <laughs> or two.
1: Do you feel like he's jealous or controlling? Um.
5: Well, I definitely think that he has an anxious attachment style. Mm, and,
0: everybody likes that um... in a man. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Maybe he has imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I feel like I do feel I think it can be like a little bit intimidating like when I'm constantly out and about and he'll every once in a while and make, you know, a little bit of an insecure comment. And like, um, I feel very compassionate towards that because I've been the anxious attachment person in other relationships. Like I'm familiar with those feelings. Um, but I also am, I've changed a lot and like, I feel so much more confident in myself and so much more excited to be in the world. So it's hard for me to
1: like, regress right now I because the pandemic that, happened and you're yeah. just getting your groove back and now it's like yeah. oh you've got this guy at home and he's on his own journey it sounds like which is he might not be the same like moshe's way more um out not outgoing but like what's the word social well uh extroverted yeah you know like he recharge. moshe recharges Like going to three parties in one night, you know, whereas like I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call in and say I'm not going to that party or I'll send him an email tomorrow because I need to recharge at home. Like, you know, it's just like how we feel recharged or whatever. So I don't know. Aparna, do you have any ideas?
2: Well, I was going to say, I think I think that's normal in every relationship to go through phases where like your schedule shift or your priorities shift. And it sounds like he's just maybe in a hurt place, like feeling neglected compared to like how much time you guys used to spend together as what you spend together now. And I think, I mean, no one knows the perfect balance in how to live a life, but I think you could start with just being like, you know, have set time you spend together, whatever that is, like an activity you both agree on a week uh, once a week or like some sort of other way to just be present with each other. And And then pander
1: to him a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Pander like something where, you know, he feels like you're showing up for him and then, than him not putting so much pressure on like every other Mm. moment in your life or like your career taking up too much space.
1: That's good. Like kind of prioritizing him and maybe it Mm -hmm. being her idea. And like, I want to do a date night to make sure we're getting quality time where it's one-on-one me and you. I like that.
0: Oh, that's good because you're, you're actually, you're pretending to prioritize him, (laughs) but you're actually, No. (laughs) no, you're, you're prioritizing yourself. You're actually saying by saying, I, I want to make sure that you feel like th- that we're having really quality time together. So let's do once a week at date night. You're actually making a boundary where mm. your felting time or whatever it is that you call your life is protected, <laughs> and that and that he's tricked into thinking that you're doing it in order to get. But it's also true. Listen, this whole podcast, I've been saying that I reject gender essentialism, but I will say men are like puppies. Like we really <laughs> want to be told. Directly, that we're a good boy. Like, I can say that for me. I really just want to be told that I'm a good boy. Like, I almost guarantee uh, that if you were to say to him, I think you're so awesome. I love spending time with you so much. I do have all this new stuff going on, and I can see that, like, it's impeding on our relationship time, but, like, I just want to make sure you know that I'm prioritizing you so that we'll do a Parnas thing, we'll set a date, we'll mm. do a thing, and you couch it in all of this praise, he'll just be like, ah, 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 master likes me, ah, 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 I, the, the, the mushroom lady likes me, and he'll be I, like, the
1: mushroom I, lady. <laughs>
0: I feel like, th- I want, that's what I want, I just want to be told, I want to be with you, but this is the reasons, these are the reasons that I'm having a hard time making the time, not, it's not that I don't want to be around you, uh, there's nothing I want yeah. more than that, but I have this other stuff I must do. I feel like that's a win
1: a winning combo. And don't forget these relationships before you're married, at least for me, I was just like I would stay in a relationship till I was like, okay, you know what? This I I can't do that. This. this is not for me. You mm. know, and it's like this is a good yeah. time to just be like you know, obviously trying to make everything work, but you're also really kind of sussing out compatibility and like long-term compatibility. And it's like, if he is like prone to this neediness and it's not working for you and you're always feeling guilty. Like I remember I had a friend when they broke up with someone and I, I related to this too, not with you, Moshe, but with someone else where it's like, every time you talk to them, you think you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. You know, and like that's a bad... And it's like, then all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a new relationship. You're like, wait, I don't have this feeling anymore. Yeah. Like, it's totally different because relationships are also about how the person makes you feel. And so if you're always... This is... I'm just, you know, I, I, st- stab in the dark. I don't know if that's how you feel, but sometimes it's, you know, if, if you do feel like you're always going to be in trouble or they're always going to be upset with you or you're never giving enough, it's like that takes a lot out of you. And that might not be a good long term.
2: Yeah, that's why I was thinking like, it sounds like you guys are in a place of like transition where things have changed from how they were. So I think Natasha's right in that you shouldn't expect like the dynamic to, you don't have to put up with like the dynamic as it is, but you could try something. And you know, if it doesn't work, like just keep in mind that you don't have to make the relationship work if it doesn't feel good.
0: Yeah, we don't think it's going to work. No, I mean, that's no. not true, but, I think, but I think both Aparna yeah. and Natasha are getting to something really important, which is not to say that your partner's doing this because maybe he isn't, but no partner should ever punish you for your life going well. Mm. Like that is a dynamic that happens in relationships. It's like your life's going well, mine isn't, so I'm going to take it out on you and I'm going to, not only is that abusive, but it also makes your success go Either, either, either the success diminishes or the relationship goes away. And so that is a red flag. So that's what's cool about setting boundaries in that way. Because then once you say something like, I love being with you, I want to be with you, here's date night, but here is my line because my life, it looks like this and it must look like this. He's got all the information he needs to respect or to trample your boundaries. And once he chooses, when he chooses respect, you go, ah, oh, great guy. And he, cho- he chooses to trample. You go, ah, I'm out. More mushrooms.
5: and he does have a tendency to like place importance on like the type of time we're spending like with each other so in his mind it's like well I haven't gotten much like time in succession with you that's like more than one evening or like a full day like I feel like he's constantly feeling like it's not enough and I guess that's where I get Discouraged is like the whole time I'm like, yeah, I'm like trying really hard. I'm like making time for this. I'm driving to him when I can, I'm like, and then it turns out the whole time, like, he's still feeling like we're drifting further and further apart. Mm. And actually, like, uh, two weeks ago, we decided to take a break, and it was mostly like me saying, like, I just genuinely like couldn't keep up because I had like a huge release show and two back to back markets and a house show and I was just like I actually could not compute anything additionally and I was like I don't want to keep disappointing
1: him. But and listen also, the am pa- I just
5: being so selfish. No,
1: the pandemic is not the real world and like he kinda got a different mm-hmm. it, it, it might not things are gonna have to maybe you need to tell this to him. I don't know, but it's like that was not what the world is like. Right. And yeah. it's not like what it is for you now.
0: I mean, it's like
2: yeah.
0: a, a partner. Are you going to say something?
1: Oh, no, no go, ahead. go I, ahead.
0: I just think this is like this. What you're describing is this like phenomenon that everyone in the comment section on the Internet agrees on, which is that <laughs> it's possible to for two things to be true at once. Mm. Right. Which is it's possible that um, that you th- are 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 setting up these boundaries and that they are, and that they are good and healthy. And it's also possible that he can't, he can't see th- those boundaries as healthy because all he sees is that he needs more. And so like, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It sort of feels like, well, I mean, I don't want to say, but the fact that you're taking a break uh, due to the fact that, that, that he will not give ever let you give him enough relationship to me, I'm kind of like, there's nothing selfish about the fact that you want to thrive. It doesn't mean that you like someone less because you need to thrive.
1: And you clearly care about him because you're like thinking about this yeah. and calling an advice podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> a fake advice podcast. I, I, yeah.
5: Well, I do feel like she needs, like I appreciate both of your insight because you're like two sides of a coin. And I feel like Moshe, a lot of the like more heart-based Stuff I tend to align with, but then Natasha, I feel like you say the stuff I can never say that I need someone to say to me. Okay, like, well, you should dump him.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell you that, but I thought people would get mad.
0: Well, I have to be honest, like Natasha, I'm, I don't think you should dump him, but I'm kind of like... I. The, the, you kind of buried the lead. The truth is, like it was, we were about two thirds through the call. We were like, "Yeah, we did take a break two weeks oh, ago." Oh, that's it, true.
2: That's true. Um,
0: it's kind of like it's, I was like, "Yeah." It seems like this guy's like. I, I hate to be to be mean, but it just seems like this guy's kind of turning you off because you're thriving, yeah. you're succeeding, and he's just going more. What about me? What about me? What about and there's nothing attractive about that.
2: Yeah, and the fact that you you are making an effort to address his concerns, and it's still like never enough. That feels bad. I yeah. don't know. That feels not balanced either.
0: Yeah. Well, you are. Uh, to be honest, I just realized you are his felting mushrooms. <laughs> Like you're out here doing life. You
1: don't even know what felting mushrooms is. What
0: mushrooms. I'm saying your craft, your music, yeah. your art, your thing, you're out here, your life looks like this. And then your relationship is a supplement to, uh, to, to, to this life. He's like my music, art, felting mushrooms. Is you mm. and so if you go do that other thing, then there's I got less life going on. You and that is uh, that is succubus behavior. It is not, in Ooh. fact, a relationship. It is
1: you said that word.
2: Well,
0: to a man, a I felt succubus? like I felt justified is in man saying, incubus. Incubus. I love the band too.
1: <laughs> yeah. They are. Yeah, I awesome. meant the yes. band. I meant the band. Uh, yeah. Listen. Well, did we help you at all, honey?
5: Yeah, honestly, I felt like that was helpful, and I feel like a lot of it is like. I don't I guess I don't want to give him up yet. But like I understand that like it's for sure not sustainable the way it has been. So
1: there's never a good time to do a bad thing. You're just going to have to like deal with it and you'll meet someone else. I
0: mean, I'll just tell you (laughs) vibe check from me sitting here. I'm like, oh, she's obviously a cool girlfriend. She's obviously a smart, awesome person. She's not selfish. This is her just thriving. And this guy, listen, to be compassionate to him. He might be who knows what he's dealing with. It's bad self esteem. Maybe he hasn't recovered from the pandemic. Maybe Whatever he's it cheating
1: is. on you, so he always okay. thinks you're cheating <laughs> on him. There we go, there you we never go. Know. Nice.
0: All I'm saying is I'm not getting a wow, selfish asshole vibe from you like at all. <laughs> right, Where,
1: at
2: all. Like the fact that you even called in is like you're very empathic and feeling it feeling his hurt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So be easy on yourself.
0: And harsh on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I All don't right.
1: I think
5: I could. Do
1: no, you don't seem like I'm you could. have some perspective.
0: Yeah. Well, you seem cool.
1: All right. Well, good thank luck, you. honey. Let us know what happens. I love the podcast. the oh, par- no. I love you as Moon. You're
2: oh, great. thank you. Thank you so much.
5: <laughs>
1: All right. All right. Okay. See you later. Bye.
0: I called how, how many a pity,
1: how many pity fucks do you think she'll give him? Like
0: five? <laughs> well, it just felt like... You no, know,
1: she's like going to keep having sex with him.
0: People do that on this podcast. What? They have a bit of information that is like incriminating <laughs> and they like, they put it back here oh. and then they say this like nicer stuff. Like what's up with boundaries and setting back... And then it's like... <laughs> no, well, she was like, I'm a
1: painter and I'm trying to juggle some careers. And then finally
0: you're 15 minutes in. He's like, well, he has been unrelenting with my time and I did break up with him recently. It's like, <laughs> okay... You already answered it. It seems obvious.
1: I know, but it's
2: hard. Yeah, it I think people just want reassurance. Yeah, that yeah. is true. But yeah. it's always hard
0: to when you see... To, to She's very good at it. She just goes, break up, break no, up immediately. That's,
2: I feel like we, we all need someone like that in
1: our life. Well, I spent a lot of time in long relationships where I would date them for... There were three-year relationships and I would date them for like 11 months yeah. and then spend like... Nine months trying to dump them, Ugh. or a year and a half trying to get rid of them, yeah. that's or like you know, you just like stay with yes, them yes. too long.
0: They were one year relationships that, had, that lasted three years. Yes, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, so
1: sometimes it's good to get out of it if you if it's yeah. really not feeling compatible. I know, and life is short. Are,
0: are you a breaker upper or a broke uh, broken up with?
2: I've I've had both, but I think when I'm in a relationship, I get very. Sometimes I just go into autopilot where I'm just like, okay, this is how it is, and mm. I, I forget that we can both go our separate ways if we want to.
0: It's you and I accept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Well, you
2: just default watch what they want to watch. That's what I do. That's a good Sometime, question. Sometimes, yeah, like the music in the car, I'm always mm. like, I, I yeah, I guess I just kind of like go with their thing until I realize that I'm not. <laughs> at all showing up for myself
1: Wait, we're like a- 50s wives <laughs> i know we really are <laughs> Oh God! because <laughs> like moshe's just like i would never think to be in charge of the remote he's like i, I'm, I just know that he'll find the thing yeah and yeah but i always say pick something no and then you're like well there's this really specific movie from 1984 that i wanted to watch that's like has this actor that i've been reading an article about and do you mind if we just watch it and i'm like <laughs> Well Nat- okay. Natasha
0: will do this thing where she's like she doesn't want to watch anything I want to watch. She's like she's like that's not I don't like that. That's not we don't we're not compatible. And then she'll go to bed and I'll I'll be like okay and I'll start watching something and then I'll be like Natasha I just I saw something last night I think you'd like. She goes, "Why didn't you save it for me?" It's like, "But you're already you went to bed." Oh, twin yeah. flames, doc.
1: No, oh, o- twin flames, doc. Only because we don't have that much, like you know, in in common. Yes, in life. yes. No, yes. no. Just in terms of our <laughs> watching interests. Oh yeah, me too. Like Let's... Moshe's like, "Let's listen." Are, you you want to listen to a podcast on babies as human shields? Uh, in <laughs> oh my god! And I'm like, I'm not in the mood for this right now. He's like, "What do you want to listen to then?" It's like uh, anything but that. Like. <laughs> probably never going to be in the mood for that
0: that is fair i will be like hey did, there was a documentary i wanted to see i guess it was about like assassination in uh, sort of preschool so are you interested and she's like i'm never i'm never interested and i kind of always forget Yes. i'm always yes. like is it possible this action movie will do it for you it's like yeah i need to figure out more french stuff
2: um, I, I mean, I I'm I might be closer to you, Moshe, because I always want the like trauma porn. Yeah, and then same. Gabe is always trauma like, porn. No,
0: that's what uh, he calls
2: it. He's like, oh, we got to watch one of your trauma <laughs> porns. And then I feel like a monster.
0: Aparna, when that happens.
2: Wait,
1: is that because you guys like are really into like trauma? Like you want to like relive it or something? I don't know. I don't know. Like what as a mother, is. I don't want that I, in my. Psych- oh, that I,
2: makes more sense. Yeah, I think I'm a depressive so it's like sometimes yeah. just to feel anything i'm like let me see like mm. babies oh. being persecuted yeah i yeah.
0: i will never forget there was this documentary about this um systemic failure in the la social services network oh, that was one it was so unbelievably horrifying i won't i won't go into any details but i have this v- I, very clear memory of watching it until like one in the morning, Natasha's asleep and I'm watching this document. It's the most horrifying thing I've yeah, ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I'm tired. I click pause and I go like, I go like right to bed. Like there's no porting of the horrifying disturbingness of that I'm watching and like it keeping me up at night, like at all. And I thought about her being asleep and going, there is something fundamentally different about the way I consume bad information.
1: I thought you gave her really solid advice it's until true. we found out what her real problem was. Right. And then I was like, she just needs to dump him. Yeah, I know.
4: He
2: really... Yeah.
1: I don't like neediness. There's a few things I don't like in a man. I don't like neediness. Yeah. I do not like bragging. Like if someone starts mm. bragging, Ugh. I get like physically ill. I cannot be near them. And then... um mansplaining i've learned to live with mm. <laughs> but
0: I, well i sure, will say sure. back to gender essentialism there is something more
1: at least you don't brag
0: there is something well i'm actually the best in the world at not bragging uh, there is something more repulsive i mean i don't like saying things like this but i think it is true there's something more turn and repulsive about um, a needy man mm. than a needy woman that seems bad that seems ignorant to say but i do feel like that's just a bad look for a guy to be like
2: yeah, I don't some know. girls might like it. Maybe. I know. I think it is about attachment styles, like right. what complements yours versus like. I mean, it sounds like her career is like taking off, and then it it doesn't feel great to have someone being like, "What about me?"
0: I, I just I find always when I hear stories like that, when the it's the woman that's succeeding, yeah. that it becomes about in my mind, and maybe this is my own bias. It becomes about male insecurity. Yes. It, it does. It's not about like I want to spend more time with you. It's about like you're leaving me behind, yeah. and I, no woman yeah. of mine is going to make me. Behind. And it also, yeah. she's, like
1: she's also following her dream, her her yes. art and her path. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't, and so then they're like, oh, you have this free flow yes. of, like creativity, and I don't. Yeah, yeah. And some people really do need to be with someone who's maybe less successful.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I think that's so. men. Mm. i think that's to me that feels so male like i'm not gonna be i'm gonna be with some some woman that's what she's earning i mean it's classic right. she's earning more right. than me and like by the way maybe it's just because i'm like patting myself on the back because i'm with a, a very successful woman
1: oh honey i am so ready to quit you gotta <laughs> I, I did the first half of the marriage now you take maybe over. you
0: did i was working the whole time but you think i was just sitting here eating bonbons
1: <laughs> i'm just saying i need a break Well... Podcast only. I love the podcast. Okay, listen. We're going to listen to some secrets. Ooh. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Moshe. I am thoroughly happy with my love life. I actually just got married. I eloped with my partner in Italy. Best time ever. But I am a recovering hoe. And I used to tell
3: the guys that I fucked. This is like way before I met my husband. But I I used to tell the guys that I fucked that I was a squirter. To make them think that every single time we fucked, they should have been making me squirt. When in reality, I've never squirted a day in my entire life. But I used to just seriously
1: be with the dumbest fuck boys ever. And I wanted them to kind of always feel like they
3: weren't the ace that they thought they were. And it worked out well for me um, because I didn't end up with any of those assholes. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye wow she's cool
2: she I does, know does not have imposter she's syndrome she's like spreading she's spreading self-doubt I love yeah. that
0: <laughs> she's, she's infecting people with imposter syndrome <laughs> yeah. that's wild that is wild it's, it, it's, be, it's cool on a number of levels it's like yeah sure it's like revolutionary feminism like take them down a peg yeah. but it also ensures that she's getting yes. a better lay yeah because they just keep going and trying right, how, right, about right, right, how about this how about
1: right, that right. I can't fuck dumbasses
0: all right Know, that You're not of... a hoe. You're not a recovering hoe. Oh,
1: so a <laughs> yes. hoe is like she a did man. say she was in recovery. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. And congratulations on the sober time.
1: <laughs> Wait, so a hoe is like, just like, has sex with anybody.
0: Yeah. And, I and a s-
1: man has sex with anybody.
0: Well, not all men are hoes.
1: That's
0: true. It is it is true. I mean, more men are hoes. Right. Yes. More men.
1: Most men will fuck anything.
0: I don't think that's, I mean, most. That's a
2: hard thing.
1: No, I I remember
2: a guy I was friends with In my 20s Who would always be like My girlfriend wants to have sex All the time And I don't So I feel like there
1: Is uh, Sometimes There's some men No but that's different Than men will fuck anything Oh okay That is different from a hoe
0: That's so funny You're so innocent You're like yeah I know this I know a bunch of hoes This one dude He can't stop having sex With his committed girlfriend He's a slut.
2: <laughs> no,
1: Him and his did. wife. He didn't want to though.
0: He's just less horny. But yes, yeah, yes. I think a ho isn't just about how horny mm-hmm. you are. I'm saying about, I can't
1: even get it up for someone yes, yes. who yes. I don't think is cool in right, some way. Right, right, Where right. she was like, these guys are such dumbass." Yes, 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 yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I for
2: do, her it felt like it was like also just about the game that was like fun to her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of making a confident person a little insecure <laughs> with a physiological tick That he's heard about as almost as mythology. He's like, I know there are squirters out there and she is one. There's something wrong with me. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) I will say this. As a recovering hoe myself, Uh, there's something that is a little bit separately hot about hooking up with someone that you have nothing in common with and kind of find their personalities eye roll. mm. There's something erotic about like, oh, this person Yeah, to a hoe.
2: Oh, I see. I I think. It's a
0: a different. If you're only a relationship person, you would never know that flavor of sexuality because they don't turn you on to be in a relationship with them. So you would just walk the other way. Right. But as a person that that has walked that that hoe path, I think there is something hot about that.
1: I'm a relationship hoe.
0: I used to tell a lot, every woman I was with, that I was a squirter. And. (laughs) And, and it just never are, happened. there oh, you a squirter. Yeah, all men are squirters. All <laughs> men are squirters. Okay,
3: do we have another secret? Hi, my secret, I have a secret to give. My secret is about 10 years ago, I met a guy when I was in college, and he was friends with friends, and I just thought he was this sweet boy. I thought he was gay, honestly. He was so sweet and like organized and wholesome and gentle and not a douchebag, and I just thought he was our cool gay friend. Um, But then I got signals that he liked me, and I was like, oh, no, he's if he's not gay and he likes me, like, that just means he's kind of like a soft boy. He, like, he just isn't manly and strong and doesn't treat me like crap, so he can't be a real man. (laughs) Um, So then I eventually, one night, was like, okay, fine, let's do this. So we went up to my room, we had sex, he said, you made me excited. It was weird. And I was just kind of like squicked out about it. And but then I did like end up falling for him. And then it happens. Like the next week he brought a girl to my house to the Halloween party and I got so heartbroken, devastated about it. And um then uh fast forward, we're married now. <laughs> I never told him that I thought he was gay when I first met him. I never told him that I thought he was like <laughs> Not a, bo- a true man, and now we're really happily married,
0: and um, he's getting a snuff right now, so that's fun. Right. He's getting Bye. what right now? He's getting a snuff right now. I don't
3: know a snoof? Well, listen,
1: I think that sometimes we also do snap judgments when we meet people, yes, and I think it's common, you know, like so. You know, it's good to push through that sometimes.
0: This episode is having. I'm just realizing it's got a real mis- misandrist theme to it. <laughs> It's a lot of real bashing going on here. Soft <laughs> men are weak. They can't satisfy us. The art man was pathetic. Men um um I tell men that they that I, I'm a squirter, oh. so they're never truly satisfied. This is interesting. This mm-hmm. I I I'm offended. Like,
1: it's almost like there's something in the air. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. well, like
0: like like what?
1: Um matriarchs coming baby um, that would matriarchy. be matriarchy
0: honestly if 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 there was ever a time and this is not me saying this is like a am an ally but if there was ever a time for the matriarchy to like say hey no we're actually in charge now this is a good this would be a good era like the strongman era of po- world politics yeah it would just be nice if like when we're just like you know what we're actually we are gonna be in charge now I feel like things would be better
1: But there's just not enough of them in power
0: no I'm saying we got to do some sort of like uh, you know what we do is we get um we get a bunch of uh of these men that were told they were to that they couldn't make the girls squirt, <laughs> have them overthrow all the governments in power because they're frustrated already and install some women love it, all right, I love it too. party got one more secret in you? one
2: more secret
4: hi most Natasha. um I am really high, so if this is incoherent, I want you to know. That's just how I think.
0: He's like, I'm the husband of the last um, call.
4: I'm calling you in the midst of a secret as it's happening in my life. So for some backstory, I am practically a nudist and I share my nudity with the world through X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, Today I had some fun with editing and made it look like I had a twin. Um, And I did it very lazily. I didn't remove any moles anywhere. We have the same haircut. We have you know, the same body shape. It's it's clearly me two times. But, um, (laughs) X, formerly known as Twitter, (laughs) is convinced that I have a twin, and I don't know when to give up the bit. Um, I've gained, like, 400 followers at this point. Um, and it just keeps going up. Uh, it's just really weighing on me that I eventually have to let them know. Um, that I'm only one person, but there have been a lot of offers for threesomes, so that's really good to know that people want that out of me and my potential twin brother. Um, anyway, thank you.
1: Why does he need to let Musk know?
4: No, he yeah. means his followers.
1: This, uh, is, this is an
2: actual imposter. How wow! <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: and he is struggling about it, I guess.
0: Yeah, Interesting. I mean, this guy. I would just say, take it all the way.
2: I I know. I sort of agree. It's like, what? Who is he hurting?
0: Yeah, I mean, he should. Honestly, it sounds like he's a bit like a porno man, right? What does
1: practically a nudist mean? <laughs> and how do right. you? Can you post nude pictures on right. X, formerly known I, as Twitter? I
0: think that you can. I think that you can put porn on X, formerly oh, known that, as you Twitter. Can? That's I'm the new rules
1: sh- of X, formerly known as Twitter. I think I'm right Twitter. about
0: that. Yeah, oh. Twitter's always been more open to that Didn't kind of thing. That. So, I think this person should fuck himself <laughs> and get all the more fault. There's no no one sinning. There's no there's nothing bad Wait, happening. Like a
2: deep fake?
0: Yeah, like a deep fake of self-fuck porn. <laughs> that's to me like that's a victimless crime li- by true. definition.
2: That's true. I love this. Maybe one of the only good uses of AI?
0: Yes, the We should go before Congress and say this. One of the only good uses of AI we've encountered is there's a guy who's practically a nudist. Anyway, he's been posting incest porn with himself, and there's no victim.
1: All right, listen. Well, Aparna, you have been a delight. Thank you for having me. Always a delight. We love you. We love seeing your live shows. Do you have any live dates you want to plug in addition to everyone going out there and getting Aparna's book, Unreliable Narrator, I, what's what's the subtitle? The the sub- uh,
2: me myself and imposter syndrome. Yes, yes, I love that.
0: Oh uh, yeah, live dates. But
2: yeah, live dates. I keep on my website AparnaComedy.com.
0: Aparna is, I will speak about you as if you're not here. <laughs> Aparna is a phenomenal comedian, she a, really a, a phenomenal is. hilarious comedian, and a delight to have around. A nice person, and most importantly, very cool.
1: <laughs> oh man, coming from you guys,
0: and we know it means a lot.
1: All right, well, thanks, Aparna. Thank you.